So are you kind of a car lady? Yes, I am. How many cars do you own? Six. Oh, wow, good for you. Um, and what's that little thing I see over your your uh, your right shoulder? What's that that I'm looking at? This would be a Pontiac Fiero. This is the plaintiff, Rosemary Tassin. She says she paid the defendant to transport her car. And when he tried to take the car off the trailer, he crushed the gas tank and dented the floorboards. Now she has no heat or air conditioning. She hasn't gotten anywhere with the defendant. Court seems to be the only option. So here they are. She's suing for $1,542. The amount she's owed. This is the defendant, Alpha Sacco. He says the plaintiff never told him the car he was transporting had no battery and wasn't in running condition. She was trying to scam him and now is blaming him for damage he didn't cause. He's accused of cracking up a customer. All parties, please get your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session and the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Ms. Tassin. You Good morning. Uh, were the... You are the proud, good morning, you are the proud owner of a, tell me what this is, a 1984 Pontiac Fiero. I remember that car. Yes, this is actually my second Fiero. No kidding. All right, so are you kind of a car lady? Yes, I am. How many cars do you own? Six. Oh, wow, good for you. Um, and what's that little thing I see over your, your, uh, your right shoulder? What's that that I'm looking at? This would be a Pontiac Fiero. Yes. Okay, excellent. A demonstrative <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so you you purchased your second one and you hired the defendant, Mr. Sacco. You're involved in transporting vehicles, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right, so you hired him to transport the vehicle, and what happened? Yes, ma'am. Well, what happened was I think it's important to note first. I was asked whether the car was in operable or non-operable condition. I told the broker the car was non-operable because I had been told by the salvage yard slash dealership that the vehicle would run for 15 or 20 minutes and then it would shut down. So I had said to the broker that the car was non-operable, but she said, well, if it'll run for 15 or 20 minutes, all you got to do is drive it up and drive it down. So the vehicle is operable. So that's why, uh, the vehicle was noted to be operable. Do you have any proof of what you just said? I communicated with the broker verbally. All right, but according to you, Mr. Sacco, this thing doesn't, didn't even have a battery? What were you saying about it? When I got there to pick up the car, the guy said, this is the car. I said, hey, the trunk was open when I got there. I said, hey, this doesn't have a battery. It doesn't run. He said, oh, no, nah, it doesn't run. Uh, give me a second. I said, I don't take an operative car. He said, give me a second. He goes to his office, he comes back with a battery box, and then hooks up the battery box, goes inside the car, turns it on. He loaded the car on the ramp all the way up to the front of the trailer. And he removed his battery box. All I did was strap the tires, just like I'm supposed to. I strap the tires, I leave. 
I don't. I take the pictures before I leave. If you can see in that picture right there, you can see the guy getting out the picture. In the first picture, you see him in a in a behind the wheel loading the car uh, to move the, okay, so the car. Okay, but let's can be get to let's on. do me a favor. Let's get to Maryland. Yes. And according to you, Miss Tassin, Miss Tassin, what happens in Maryland? Because that's where the the real problem uh, occurs. Right. So he gets to Maryland, and I had purchased a new battery for the car, so I brought that with me. I gave him the battery. He put the battery into the back of the car. Unfortunately, the driver did not have any tools and tried to hand tighten. Come on now. Why is he? Wait, 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 slow down. Why is he the guy putting a battery into your car? That's not part of his job. Batteries are heavy. So I brought the battery and he batteries said, well, are put heavy. That's a you problem, though, Ms. Tassin. That's a you problem. That's not a him problem. He was just doing right. that to be nice. That's a, he didn't have any tools. Well, no kidding. That wasn't what his job was. His job was just to transport it from A to B. Go on. So what else happens? Right. He put the batteries in the so car he, and he tried to hand tighten the cables to the battery. The car would not start. Um, we later found out it's because I didn't bring my tools with me. I assumed he would have some. Anyway, um, he asked me, instructed me to sit into the car. He said, put it in neutral. So what he did was he attached a tow line to the back of the Fiero in the attempt to okay. pull the car off. Unfortunately, what was also happening was the parking brake on the Fiero was sticking. So meaning the rear wheels weren't turning as freely as they should because the parking brake was sticking. So as he's trying to pull the car off of the carrier, before we know it, because I'm trying to release, he's like, release the brake. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. So while I'm trying to release the brake, it, it happened in an instant where the car was drifting off to the side and it actually drifted off the left side of the car carrier causing significant damage wow. to the undercarriage of the vehicle. Uh, may I interject wow. real quick? May, yes. I, may I interject? Oh, wow. As yeah, you, yeah, as hold you can on. See I'm the... absorbing the pictures. Okay. Oh, that is crazy. Your Honor, what, what I would like to say... Why did anything have to be... Um, just a second. Why did anything have to be turned at all? If it's straight on the transport, why does anybody have to steer? Like, why couldn't it just be pulled right out because in neutral? She, she sat. She sat behind the wheel when the car you is. Told moving, me to. You hold on. Hold on a me, second, no, ma'am. You took. Don't interrupt. When I got him. there, she gave. She said, "I said, hey, you know this car doesn't run or drive. Doesn't drive. I don't take an operator car." Oh yes, it does. I have a battery. I said, it "Doesn't matter. I have a battery." I said, "You have a battery." I said, "So you must have knew that this car didn't have a battery. It was inoperative to transport it here." So you mark the car. This is how I felt like you mark the car operative because knowing that if you would have marked it inoperative, I would have charged you more. I don't even take an operative car. I would have never taken that load. Never. So now she says she has a battery. I said, so you must have knew that this car did not operate in order for you to bring a brand new battery with you in the truck. You had a brand new battery yeah, in the that's trunk, kind of you, you tell so me you, you're you're kind of snarky about that, Miss Tassin, but frankly, I don't what are you doing with a battery if the car's operable? The car was not sold with a battery. So what? I saw Why the, do you need to have the driver? You knew that to pick up the car, you needed a battery. So you know that right. the car's not gonna drive off. So go on, Mr. Sacco. Then what happens? You agree so to that, put in the battery. I was nice. I took the battery. I tried. 
by this time it started raining. I'm in the rain, standing there in the rain, tying these batteries. I said, she said, I said, this is the only time I got inside of this car. I went, once I tied in the battery with my hands, I went and attempted to turn it on. I said, nothing is happening. She got on the trail and said, I'm a car girl. I got it. I figured it out. I'm a car girl. She <laughs> went inside of the car. That's a fact. Absolutely untrue. That's a true fact. Wow. You didn't say you were a car girl? I did say I was a car girl. Okay. But and you didn't get in the car? Yeah. I did get in the car, Your Honor. All right. So, I have taken cars. So then the car ends up like this. And the person okay, who's the car uh, behind like the this. wheel is the plaintiff. What? And then how did you Absolutely. ever eventually get the car off the transport? Somebody with a truck now, went by and you... Now, I'm, I'm standing there. She's standing there being dramatic. I say, ma'am, nothing is wrong with your being car. Dramatic. If you can see you the bottom of... Up my car. I, excuse me. Hold on. I say, ma'am, if you... I say, ma'am, if you look at the bottom of your car, the car is still under... The back tires is still on the ramp. The bottom of the car is not... On the trailer, absolutely not. I well, I don't know. Got She's got a lot of damage. Take a look at that. That you see that, ma'am? That's from the forklift at the junkyard. They move cars with oh. forklift at the junkyard. That's a fact. Absolutely not. I don't really care. Honestly, I don't need to get into this debate. I really that is, don't. That is, because that, that here's how I happen, stop talking. I'm that done. Not... I'm done. I'm done, everybody. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I am done. Ms. Tassin, you buy a junkyard car. You pay this guy $200 to tow it when the car doesn't work. You know the car doesn't work. You know that you pay more to tow an inoperable car. You no, know I don't. you're a car yeah, girl. Absolutely not, your You Honor. know it's not working. You know it's going to require two people. You can't just drive it off. You know that because you've got a battery under your arm. You're actually complaining about the fact. I'm going to need you to stop it's interrupting me. You're actually complaining about the fact that he didn't have the right tools to change your battery. Don't that take all? No, Your Honor. Then you're the one who's true. in the driver's seat. You're trying. You've got not That's only not a true, car that doesn't start, but a parking brake. These not are your true. words. A parking brake that is sticking. And as a result right. of you having a car that doesn't start, which is your problem, and a parking brake that is sticking, which is also your problem, and your steering that got befuddled because of a parking brake that is steering, which is also your problem, you have damage no, to your no, car your that you think you're going to make his problem? No, you're right. No. Verdict for the defendant. Thank Absolutely you. wrong. Absolutely wrong. Thank you, Your Honor. That's a fact. Thank you, you for being dishonest. I'm not aware. That was Absolutely honest. That was, wrong. I told the exact, I can't tell, I can't you lie. You damaged my car. Forklift? Your story, your story, your story from beginning. Forklift. You're absolutely crazy. Total lie. You are absolutely lie, crazy. Lie, 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 You lie, should lie, be ashamed lie. of yourself. Interesting case. A plaintiff loses. She wanted $1,542. She doesn't get it. Let's talk to her. See what she's thinking right now. Uh, Ms. Tesson, everything the judge said in her summation of the case, you were saying, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. What do you mean? My whole contention is, is if that the driver was not comfortable transporting this vehicle, why did he accept the tow? That's all I have to say. I have to ask you one question. What do you do with six cars? You have six cars. What do you do with them? <laughs> uh, well, I inherited a car from my mom when she passed away. Uh, another car I'm getting ready to sell. I am a car enthusiast. 
So uh, I enjoy having having vehicles. It, it's just kind of a side hobby. That's all. All right. Okay. Well, Mr. Sacco, good for you. You won the case. Were you worried? No, I wasn't really worried at all because it was everything was factual. She would have made the, marked the car inoperative. I wouldn't have been the car, the person who transported the car to her because I do not do inoperative cars. So that was her problem. If the car was marked inoperative, she would have never met me. Well, congratulations. You made a very convincing defendant. Good for you. All right, that'll wrap it Thank up you. for the case. Let's see how the judges feel about this. This was a 36-year-old car that was going to be transported. And I remember this car when it came out. It was a, a Pontiac Fiero, 1984. That was the first model year. And it was a groundbreaking car because it was the first mid-engine American sports car. That the was car is as old as my career. <laughs> a little bit older, let's just say. Uh, but in any event, uh, it seems like the driver did everything he was supposed to. And she's a car person. And she knows a little bit about cars. She can turn a wrench. Yeah. Wasn't it kind of befuddling that she was so angry? It's her car that doesn't work, that she was steering, that the brake uh, got stuck on, and therefore she ended up getting it off. Why is he responsible to pay more than what she paid for the car in damages? No, no, absolutely not. And, and she's behind the wheel, like you said. She created this situation, and she's going to reap the consequences, unfortunately. Okay, Dave in Atlanta wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, can my building make it mandatory to wear a mask in the lobby and elevator? What if I refuse? Well, if you, um, if it's in your lease, you have to do it. And if you won't do it, I think it is absolutely grounds for eviction. If it's not in your lease, then I think it's a little more problematic. And I don't think the landlord can evict you, but wear a mask. Don't be, don't be a fool. Wear a mask, especially in public. That's going to do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This is the plaintiff, Ben Patton. He says he purchased a refrigerator from the defendant. And when he got the thing and plugged it in, it didn't get cold. The defendant's boyfriend delivered it and wrote he would take it back if it didn't work. When he asked the defendant for the money, she said she'd send a repairman. Never did. Now he's suing her for the $350 he paid her. This is the defendant, Sydney Redding. She says the refrigerator worked fine when she sold it to the plaintiff. 
And she's not giving him a refund because he bought a used machine with no warranties. Maybe he changed his mind and didn't like it when he finally got it in his house. But how's that her fault? She doesn't think it is and owes nothing. She's accused of giving a cold shoulder. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that he purchased a fridge from the defendant and says it was just a piece of junk and stuff doesn't even get cold inside. But the defendant says the fridge worked fine when she sold it to him and she's not giving him his money back because who knows what he did with it once he got it. It's the case of getting the cold shoulder. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Mr. Patton, tell me what happened here, sir. Well, I went on to a, a place called Marketplace on our uh, Facebook and seen it was a side-by-side -side refrigerator for sale for $300. And so I got in touch with her, uh, Sydney, and asked her about it. And she told me it worked fine. And she had cleaned it up and it was working good and that she would send it to me if I paid an extra $50 because they lived a lot. For delivery? From us. Yes. Okay. And you agree to that? Yes. And then what happens? Well, her boyfriend and a buddy of hers, they brought the refrigerator to our house uh, about 40 miles away, and they had it laying down in the back of the truck. And so uh -oh. right there, it gave me a red flag. And I figured, <laughs> well, you know, we'll try it anyway. Okay. And when you try it, what happens? Uh, well, they said it, it had to wait a while. So they stayed there about an hour. We plugged it up, see if it worked. It never would get cold. So... I said, okay. Well, I asked him, maybe we could wait till the weekend. I let it sit in the house for the weekend and see if it'll work. Well, what do you think was going to happen, though? Like, what, did you, how did you think life would be different in the weekend? If it's not getting cold in an hour, how, when was it going to get cold and why would you want it anyway? Why don't you just tell him, get this piece of garbage out of here? <laughs> well, oh, I don't know why you're nodding. I'll be with you in just a moment, Ms. Redding. Go ahead, Mr. Patton. <laughs> well, I tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. And so we said, we're going to let it sit there, and maybe the fluid from the oil being laid down, it would work, make it work over the weekend. So how'd that work out for you? It didn't work out so well. But you had a bill of sale written out by her boyfriend to you, right? Correct. And in that bill of sale, it says that he sold a Frigidaire refrigerator side-by-side for $350, and in case of faulty damage, we will refund the amount of $350. So what happens? Um, you're communicating with Ms. Redding directly, and you tell her, listen, this thing's not getting cold, and what does she say she's going to do? Well, she says she didn't know why, and that she had a friend that put Freon in a refrigerator, and he could come and do, do it for us. Uh, okay. Put Freon in it, make, it, make sure it worked. Well, that never happened. We waited, we mm. waited. I kept texting her. After a while, she stopped responding. I didn't hear nothing from her. Ms. Redding? Okay, well, I had a refrigerator that I had posted for sale for. A friend gave it to me, said if I could sell it, give him $100, and I could keep whatever was left. I was like, okay. So I posted it on Facebook, and it was really nice. And this refrigerator, there was, I promise you, there was nothing wrong with it. I had it out in my backyard, plugged in through my window. Cleaned it up. It got cold. There was icicles all in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wasn't going to bring it in. I already had a fridge inside. But okay. when he said something about it being in the yard, I brought it inside. But uh, um, and it was freezing ice. It was it was cold. I almost didn't want to get rid of it because it looked like it got colder than my own fridge. 
but I sent, I had to go to work. I was working night shifts. That's partially the reason why I didn't contact you very much back at all. And because I knew that it worked when it left, so I didn't feel like I needed to contact you, if that makes any sense. But well, I had my Well, it sounds like you do, because what happened? Your boyfriend and his friend laid the refrigerator down on its, uh, on, uh, on its back. Yeah which you can't do, right? Right, that's what I was taught. And I didn't know this until Mr. Uh, Patton messaged me and told me about it. It was laying down when they pulled up. And when I read that message, I was, I couldn't do nothing but be real quiet and turn to my fiance and my buddy and was like, you laid the refrigerator down? Why would you do that? <laughs> Y'all taught me not to lay the refrigerator down. And they were like... And what did they answer? When they got there and they stood it back up, if they let it sit up for so many hours, I don't know how exactly how many hours that is, but the oil would settle and it would, again, get cold, but you couldn't... It had to do that before uh, before plugging it in and putting anything in there, because when you plug it in... Ms. Redding, it up, so here you sold them a working refrigerator, and then the refrigerator wasn't working because of the way it was transported, I guess, because everything leaked out of it. So it's fine if you actually send somebody to go in there and check it and repair it. But according to him, you didn't. What happened? Right. Well, the, my buddy that I contacted, was he was booked. He was booked. He was busy. It was, he was busy for him with his, he has an air conditioning business of his own. And it was busy for him to go out of his way to go help somebody that he don't know do something for a favor for me when me and him weren't even that close. Right. So <laughs> there is another alternative, which <clears throat> is you return this nice man's money, right? Yes. Why do you feel that Correct. you don't have to return this nice man's money? I don't feel like I don't have to return his money. I feel like in my, in my eyes, that refrigerator worked. I don't know what it went down when they delivered it. No, but and I know you that's know, not your fault. Your boyfriend told you. Your boyfriend told you it didn't work when you gave it to him, because your boyfriend was caught red-handed having laid it down, uh, and and he was so concerned he made your boyfriend write a warranty. This isn't an as-is sale. It's a warranty sale. So. How is it? Right. What did you say to him? You just stopped responding to him? You just stopped responding to him? Well, honestly, kind of yes, because I, well, for one, I was working a lot. Long shifts, hours, I was working a lot. I wasn't on my messenger too much. I really wasn't. But um, I didn't find out that the fridge was laid down until Mr. Patton told me so. And when he did tell me that... Right, and then I was when probably he told just you, mad why didn't you was. bother to fix the situation? Right. Like, I did why don't bother. You bother to fix the situation. No, you didn't. What'd you I do? did bother. I called my buddy and he was booked. There's nothing I could do from that well, point. Well, that's oh no, 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 no. That's not doing something. Doing something is getting the job wrapped up. And if you can't get the job wrapped up because your buddy's busy, I get that. Then you return the $350. But I want you to think for a moment if another human being in this world did that to you. If you bought a refrigerator, they brought it in a faulty way, you spot that they brought it in a faulty way, you're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, you turn around and they write to you, don't worry, we will return your money if it doesn't start working. You say to the, they say to you, don't worry, we're going to send a repairman, and then poof, they vanish. Wouldn't you feel like the person who did I'm that to you was kind of a heel? 
Well, I'd be pissed. Okay. I don't blame yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> right. $350 verdict for Mr. Patton. Pay the man. Well, in what turned out to be a pretty simple case, the judge finds for Mr. Patton, the plaintiff, Ms. Redding, you are going to have to give that $350 back. This is your chance to tell me what you think about it. How do you feel about the judge's decision? I still believe that a $350 deal on a $1,200 fridge with a $50 fix is still a good deal, so I ain't tripping. All right, so Ms. Redding is going to have to give Mr. Patton the $350. I'm sure he's feeling good. How do you feel about it, Mr. Patton? Well, I appreciate it. I mean, it was a cut-and-dry case. Uh, we ended up buying a brand-new refrigerator, so the, the company took away the refrigerator when we bought a new one. They took the old one out because it wasn't working. So all it was was a paperweight for me. It didn't do any good, so I'm glad I got my $350 back. You think the fact that it was laid down in the truck, I guess a pickup maybe, when it, they brought it to you, you think that's what kind of killed it? Of course, unless it wasn't working from the beginning, but I think that's what was the big problem, laying it down. Okay, time now for a session of After the Verdict. The plaintiff in this case, Mr. Patton, is certainly a very savvy and sharp guy, and he did everything right on this thing. He knew exactly what time it was when the thing came to his house and it was laying on its side. And he even said so. He was talking about the oil. In, the, the, in those refrigerators, there's a compressor. It has oil in it. And if you lay it down, the oil leaks up into the coolant lines, and it clogs them, and they're, and they're no good. Sometimes you tip them back up and you let them stand for a couple of hours, maybe four, five, six, who knows how long, they start working again. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah, yeah. that. Sometimes they don't start working again, <laughs> and, they're, and they're completely trashed from it. And he said uh, it was about as good as a paperweight <laughs> at his house, a big paperweight, and, and then finally got rid of him. I didn't really hear much of a defense, did you? No. No, I really didn't hear much of a defense, other know. than that we don't care about our fellow man, I guess. Right, I don't know. What, do you, what would you call it? The, uh, the P.T. Barnum defense? There's a sucker born every minute? Kind of. I mean, it was kind of If it's I a just... $50 fix, why don't you give the guy back $50? Why don't you right. hire someone for $50 right. to go over there? Because it's right. not a $50 well, fix, you know? Yes. So Cindy wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, how do I sue someone if I don't know their address? Is there another way? Well, you can hunt around for the address, but I'll tell you what, in most states, what you can do is you attempt to sue them once, twice, three times, and if that doesn't work, you can file a lawsuit, and then you it's called service by publication, where you can actually publish it in a legal journal, and that would constitute, that would constitute service once you actually have tried several times to do it in vain. You should check with the court clerk to know exactly how it works in your jurisdiction. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Brenda Osborne. She says she hired the defendant to do some repair work to the mobile home she lives in. And the guy has given her nothing but the runaround. He is totally untrustworthy because he only showed up to work sporadically. And she's here suing him for the return of the $840 she's owed. This is the defendant, Dale. He says he started working on the plaintiff's mobile home. Then she ran out of money, tried to cancel the entire job, and asked for a full refund. He has to pay his guys and isn't giving her a refund. He's accused of not finishing up. 
The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,700. The remaining balance on the contract. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff says she hired the defendant to do some work in her mobile home and he screwed the job up royally. But the defendant says the woman ran out of money in the middle of the job and then tried to cancel the contract. Now she wants a refund? Please. It's the case of downwardly mobile. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Ms. Osborne, um, you own a mobile home and you needed some work done on it? Yes, ma'am. And how did you find the I defendant to do that work for you? I put an ad on a Facebook selling wall. So tell me what happened. Well, his, uh, one of his employees responded to the ad on the selling wall and said that he uh, had a, a boss that might be interested in helping us out. Uh, so I contacted Dale and uh, had him and one of his employees out to the mobile home to look uh, at what needed to be done. And what was the estimate he gave you? $2,200. $2,200. Well, he started off with three grand, and um, I knew that my husband was not going to agree to that. So we, you know, I talked about. Uh, I was in a, in a bad situation. I just had my foot amputated, and we had to... Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. To get the mobile home. Thank you. Um, we had to get the mobile home ready to be able to move in. So um, there was a lot of stuff that I could have done because I knew how to, but I couldn't do because I physically couldn't do it because of my amputation. Okay. Um, Mr. Dale? Yes. So you get contacted by the plaintiff, and you guys settle on 2200 to do what work? What was the scope of the work? I explained to her there was well over $10,000 worth of work. There was holes completely through this entire mobile home. All the drywall had to be ripped out. We had to go and buy tarps to tarp the roof because it was just running water completely through the mobile home and she get and she she had a surgery with her like an amputation and she she kept telling me she did not have all this money to do this so i told her i was like if i want to help you i felt sorry for you from every she came to my house she told me all this stuff so we got it all set up to wear everything where she could afford it. Okay, Mr. Dale, Ms. Osborne, let me ask you a question. What was the problem? They start work and what happens? It took a while after I gave him the $800 deposit to actually get them to come back out to the mobile home to start the work. And I'd get excuse after excuse after excuse why they weren't there. So then when they finally did show up, um, they his employee installed a window, and the window that was installed with an inch and a half sticking on the inside of the house, meaning after I put five-eighths inches of drywall, I still had a significant amount sticking out that I could not trim around. Is this what you're referring to? Yes, Your Honor. You paid somebody else to reinstall it, correct? Yes, Your Honor. What else went wrong that caused you to say, we can't go on? Pretty much, the, it was the lack of communication and the, uh, the window installation. Um, and, and the fact that 
once they did show up and started doing some more demo, uh, it came up that it was going to be an additional $300 on top of the, or $350 on top of the contract that we had already signed. So he started adding to what we had already agreed upon, and I didn't have the money to to make those additions. Okay. Um, were you telling her that it was going to be more, Dale? Ma'am, I did. Uh, for the simple fact was because she was wanting more work done to her house, and then she the reason that she didn't want us there no more was because she told me she explained to us that she had the church coming in to help her to do this for free. And I kept telling her, I was like, you know, you need this, this, and this. And I was showing her and she was all good with that. But she said she didn't have the money and if her husband found out that she would be in trouble and it was just story after story. And I, and I explained to her, I was like, you know, I really want to help you do this. I've already taken an $8,000 loss to come in here to help you do this. I had three employees down there, but when she told me that she was having the church come in to help her for free, and I told her, okay, that would be fine. I would just avoid the contract and I would do nothing about it and we'd just go our separate ways. And then three months later, I get a letter in the mail saying she sued me for the $840. Well, hold on. That's not exactly how it went down. You send the text to him where you say, hey, Dale, I'm really not sure how to approach this with you. Members of my church have stepped up and want to take over helping with the trailer renovations. They are not going to charge us anything. I know I have a deposit with you, but I feel like we have strayed so far off our original agreement that maybe we should just figure out a way we can both feel comfortable parting ways. I know you have done some work for me, and I feel I should compensate you for that, but I don't really feel it has been $800 worth. Can you think of a number that you feel comfortable returning to me of my deposit and let me know? And this is on May 4th. He says to you, yes, we will get it figured out. You then say, I was thinking you would be, that you returning 600 would be fair. Well, that's a little greedy. Okay, he says, I will get it figured out. We tried to help you. We was going way out of our way to do the work that you needed done. I had a guy ready to pick up the metal today. He was going to put the roof on for me for free because he wanted to help to get you in the trailer. I had it set up. I was able to get 1,500 square feet of laminate floors for there, but it's fine. I don't usually give any deposit back, but I will have something figured out. So um, at the beginning, you're telling her that you'll return some money to her, and you make plans to meet her at the trailer. Then you tell her to come to your house. Then she gets a little testy because she had been waiting for you at the trailer. And then at 9 o'clock on May 7, she says, I'm still with workers at the trailer. How late is too late for somebody to stop by to get my money? And then you've kind of had it already with her, and you decide that you're going to keep all of it. Um, but really, all she had done is just send you a few texts saying, I've been waiting for you for hours. Exactly. The, the distance from where she had her mobile home is like an hour and 45 minutes, almost two hours from Columbus. So I would drive there after 5 o'clock in the evening and work until 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And Tell me the work you guys done. did get done. I got all the demolition. I, I, I bought... 
materials for her floors that I was going to do for her for free on my because she made me feel sorry for for her. So I wanted to help her much as I can. So you went to get materials how many times? I went four different times to Columbus to get windows for her. I went to Zay, uh, 35, 40 minutes away to get sealant to patch all the holes up. Dale, let me ask you a question. What was the reason that you were going to return some money? She made me feel sorry for her. I was going to give her 100 or $200 back. She yeah. kept uh, how do you... all these excuses. Yeah, I don't know, um, Ms. Osborne, I understand that money is tight, and I understand that you're in a tough situation. Um, you made a statement at the beginning of your complaint where you say, normally I'd be able to do a lot of the work myself since my father was a contractor. Uh, my father was a contractor. There's not a whole lot of work I could do myself. But I do know what contracting work is worth. And so do you, if your father was a contractor. How do you figure that you're going to have somebody running all around town, getting you the stuff you need, doing you these favors, doing, demolishing? Like, how do you figure that that's not worth more than $200? You claim that the reason why you didn't want him, you know, finishing the work is that it was shoddy workmanship. I know you have handwriting on a piece of paper from another guy saying the window is in wrong. I don't know that I can tell from looking at it that the window is in wrong. Um, but I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, why does she get to breach because she thought she could get it cheaper, as in free, through the church, and then he has to return 80% uh, or, you know, no, I don't think so. I think their, their time is worth money and I believe that he's entitled to keep the money. And I'm not going to order him to return any of it. So I really wish that you hadn't been testy in that text to him. I realize that it's unprofessional to keep you waiting all, the, all that time. But, you know, he's getting texts from you saying, I'm here with the other workers. So you're there anyway. And he kind of feels like he got taken advantage of. Um, and I'm not going to order him to return any money. Verdict for the defendant. So the defendant prevails in this case. The plaintiff does not get any money, that $800. She does not get that back. Uh, let me talk to her right now. Ms. Osborne, number one, how do, you, how do you feel about the judge's decision? I'm a little disappointed, but you know, she made her decision, and I'll have to stand by it. How is the motorhome? Are you in there now? Is that where you are? And how do We, we are in there now. It is, it is beautiful. It's lovely. I'm very happy with it. All right, very good. Sorry about your surgery. I hope things work out well for you. Thank you. Uh, Dale, how do you feel about How do you feel? I know you felt sorry for Ms. Osborne, but uh, I bet you were surprised when she sued you, weren't you? Yes, I was really surprised about that because I spent a lot of hours and time, and she said the church was going to help, so she just wanted to call it quits. Well, you get to keep the money, so congratulations. You have prevailed. So let's see what the judges think now. Here is another session of After the Verdict. 
When you send a few workers over or a couple of guys, whatever it is, to a house and you work there for three or four days, even if it's for half days, uh, that's a pretty substantial amount of money that somebody's laying out for labor. He, this was at least, he said, like a $10,000 job. And he had well, I don't, I don't, I don't know peanuts. that it was. I do know that he, um, he felt sorry for her and he was right. trying to help her. I do know that because he but got... Even Many if things bid donated it, and right, so even if you bid the job for way less than appropriate, you still have to do it in a competent manner and a timely manner. At the end of the day, right? Uh, your brother, your family are builders, and your brother's a terrific builder. One of the things that he used to say to me was, in the in the contracting world, you can get fast, cheap, or good. You can pick two out of three. <laughs> you can pick any two. You can get cheap and fast. It may not be good. You can get good and fast. It's not going to be cheap. That's right. Et cetera. You can just <laughs> rotate them around. And it, it, it's pretty true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think he's really hurt, too, yeah, which I is kind of... I got that impression that it was more than just business. He because, kind of put his heart into it. Yeah, he kind of put his heart into running it. Running all over the place trying to pick up parts and right. windows and, and yeah. who knows what else. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. Stay safe, stay well, wear a mask, maybe outside, and we will see you next time.